Welcome to episode eight of Ed's Not Dead. I'm Robbie Dodd. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Mr. Peter Crable. Hey, man. What's up? What's up? You're number two now. How does it, it feel to be the middle child? I don't know. I actually just want to switch seats. I, I, I care more about that. Why, I understand you Why do. has Casey always gotten to sit yeah, at the, the head? The better seat. I'm all hemmed in. Yep. I have to crawl yeah. under a table to get yep. out of here. You have the dying fish in the aquarium behind That's you. That's unfortunate. Jeez. Sucks for both of you. And Mr. Casey Siddons. I'm here. At C.H. Siddons. And Mr. Krabes. Uh, at Peter Crable. And you can reach me at R.W. Dodd. And also our Twitter handle for the show is at Ed's Not Dead PC. Boys, it's great to be back. We have a terrific show planned today. Um, we are going to be interviewing Troy Body, who is the Director of Equity Initiatives for the Montgomery County Public Schools. Also a friend of the show, a friend of Ed's Not Dead, and a friend of mine uh, for many years uh, working together as educators. Troy is going to give us his expert perspective on what equity looks like, sounds like, and how we make sure that it's happening in schools. We're also going to talk about, did you hear about the Steve Bannon and Randy Weingarten, the president of uh, American Federation of Teachers? Did you hear about the... Their the clandestine meeting, yes, in a closed restaurant. Yes. Is it really? I didn't. I didn't yeah. read the article because I yeah. just it gave me hives a little bit. <laughs> no, I like it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. All right. We'll, we'll save it. Save it. Are right. we doing it now? And, yeah. uh, and we got to talk about that. And we also are going to talk about First Amendment uh, chaos at Reed College. Big topic. Big topic. There's a lot of push and pull between. What students can say and do and protest and what rights uh, teachers or professors have in college. And I think we have a bit of a collision of those two things at Reed College. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Uh, also, we got some feedback via email. All right. I didn't tell you guys. All right. So let's get to... Let's... Ed's not dead PC at gmail.com. Okay. All right. So give us some feedback. Let's go to that. Uh, we got an email from Anthony Davis. He's a father of a dedicated teacher. I think I forwarded this email to you. You did. Mr. Mr. Davis definitely deserves a shout out. Yes. He said uh, his daughter's studying for her master's in education. While working on a paper, she shared one of the topics being addressed in her writings. Happened to be on the topic of teaching to the test and teacher autonomy, which we've talked about before at some length. Um, Two topics addressed in one of your programs. He shared his thoughts over dinner about the importance of schools focusing on outcomes as the proper measure of success. And he proceeded to share with her um, our podcast. Awesome. And she's learning to be a teacher, and it's great feedback wow. for us because he's, he's listening and his daughter's listening. And Thank you, Mr. Davis. It was we, awesome. We appreciate you tuning in, and well, shout out to you from our, our old days together. I go way back with Mr. Davis. Do you know him? I do know Mr. Davis. He said, even an old insurance sales guy can add to the debate. I that was my favorite uh, line. I, uh, that was a great line. Wait, is there a reason you shared it with Robbie, but not me? I'm well, like, it, he, he addressed it to Mr. Dodd, oh, okay. Okay. and okay. I asked him yeah, for yeah. a response. Gotcha, gotcha. And here's our response. All right, so... I'm sorry I didn't share it with you. I was waiting for him to respond. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Mr. Davis, and... Uh, our best wishes to your family. Also, Mr. Siddons, last yes. episode, uh, you had promised that you were going to share. <laughs> Look at him responding right now. I've never seen him make I that post before. I am doing this now. Our friend Tammy Jimenez and her podcast. <laughs> He's typing as fast as he can. Uh, Tammy, we've been going back and forth with Tammy. She is a friend of the show. 
And um, she also challenged Mr. Sids about uh, direct instruction versus lecture. So get us up to date. We we owe Tammy an apology, and also we have to mention her podcast. We uh, I put it in the show notes okay. that everybody reads very closely. I'm sure you all do. But uh, Tammy get, uh, went back and forth with us on Twitter, the direct messaging. She didn't troll us publicly. She was. We had a great debate, great discussion via direct message. She is lives down in Mexico. She teaches down in Mexico, and her podcast is called Time to Teach. Time to Teach. And and she's much further along than we are in our podcast, but um, she's got some great content on there, um, and she's also on Libsyn. And, uh, you know, I'm just glad that she's having the discussion with us on, t- on Twitter. Yeah. So give, ta- give Tammy a listen, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. we got to get Tammy on the show. We should. Yeah. She said she'd be she'd be interested. Okay. So. All right. All right. So, and speaking of Tammy, um, how about Jethro Jones at Jethro Jones? You guys know about uh, about Mister Jones? Yeah. Uh, from what I gather, you've been having some good conversations with him, and uh, I think the best part, even though it's the literally the least important part of it all, is that he somehow got hooked up with Jim Patterson. And been- <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> Legendary man, legend. he, re- he referred yeah. to Mr. Patterson as the as the legendary Mr. Yeah. Patterson, yeah. not as one T, not as one T. Um, but anyway, Jethro uh, has a podcast, and um, we want to plug his his podcast, and we'd like to get him on the show as well. It's Transformative Principle with Jethro Jones. Uh, Jethro is a middle school principal in Alaska. And um, love to get him on to talk about school leadership and his work as a transformative leader at the middle school level. So shout out to Jethro. Thanks for tuning in to Ed's Not Dead. And I heard he, uh, you had a good discussion while he was walking in the freezing cold to his school the other day. Is yes, that correct? he was. He was on his way walking to his school. He said hi to a bunch of students while we were on the phone. <laughs> nice. So he was, he, was, he was living principal leadership as we talked. I, I on his Twitter profile he has a uh, like a, a clown nose. That's my one of my favorite Twitter profile pictures ever. He's I got know. a he's got a heck of a lot of followers on Twitter too. Well, you know, yeah, he knows what he's, he's doing. doing. Good stuff, yeah, so. big time, yeah, big so, time. So both Tammy and Jethro have awesome podcasts. So tune in, check them out. All right, boys. Any any other updates? Anything else you want to talk about? Oh, I have an update. Okay, go oh, ahead, Mr. Krabs. Yeah, that's right. My band had a show what? with a gig. Yeah, so we played at this. Uh, it was called. The curbside cookoff, nice, sponsored by the DMV Food Truck Association. Very nice. It was, yeah. Very so nice. it, it was a bunch of food trucks selling stuff. Bunch and, of millennials, dude, and like the, the most millennial bow activities. Ties. No, no bow ties and suspenders, but the giant, <laughs> the giant Connect Four. Oh, uh, yeah, it's so loud. Uh, that was there. Um, cornhole. You know, I was mostly running around trying to like get a drink before. I went on stage. Did they have like the big but, two by four Jenga? Uh, they didn't. That would have really completed Man. the circle. Yeah, yeah. But it was a great gig. And good. The band is called Soul Witness. Soul Witness. Are you on Twitter? Soul Witness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You actually tweeted us once. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. And y'all do our theme song too. How, right. how can how can listeners find your find Soul Witness's m- music? Uh, so Bandcamp. So if you go to Bandcamp and look up Soul Witness, yeah, <laughs> that I know. Is a terrible. Yeah, name. that's well. That's like when you play a gig and like, man, you guys are great. Do you have a CD? We're like, no. It's like, do you have a business card? No. Do you have a website? No. How can I find you? You're like, 
I don't really know. Is that a direct American Pie reference, Bandcamp? No, no, no. I was going to say American Pie, but I don't want to go there. It's like a free thing, uh, free website where you can upload your music and kind of customize it a little bit without having like a full on web. It's, it's, you know, the DIY type. Well, cars don't even have CD players anymore. So we do have YouTube. The witness on on YouTube. Yeah. You can check out some some live performances. Mm -hmm. Very good. It was really great. Congratulations, Mr. Crabe and Soul Witness. Soul Witness. All right, let's talk about the evil mastermind, Steve Bannon and Randy Weingarten, who does an amazing job leading the American Federation of Teachers. Uh, so, article in the Post, apparently there was a clandestine meeting in April between Mr. Bannon and Ms. Weingarten. Um, I'll read you this quote. Stephen K. Bannon, President Trump's former chief strategist, secretly met with AFT leader Randy Weingarten in April to talk about education issues because Trump, quote, likes her, end quote. Really? And supported opening a conversation to see whether there was common ground according to the man who arranged the meeting. What kind of common ground could come from that? I don't know. So I was going to turn it over to you guys. What on earth could Randy Weingarten uh, and Donald Trump, President Trump, uh who obviously is using Steve Bannon as a proxy, uh, what could they have in common, especially in light of the president's education secretary pick? Those, if you, if you triangulate, I'm doing, I'm using, I'm drawing this in the mm, air right I now. I see the triangle. It's a nice yeah. triangle. So, yeah. so it's got, an equilateral you've triangle. You've got Steve Bannon, you've got uh, Betsy DeVos, and you've got Randy Weingarten. That, those are strange bedfellows. Well, okay. Can I can I start? Do it. Go ahead. And not not to downplay the importance of this, but it's I'm a little like, well, okay, who cares, right? Because how many things has this administration said that have proven to be utterly and completely false? One of the hallmarks of this administration is to say things completely well, and utterly false, right? And to be a totally unreliable negotiating yes. partner, and to come out and say that you like something or like someone, and literally the next day mm-hmm. come out and say the opposite thing. So, I mean, they want to meet. Like, cool, great, whatever. Like, it's it's not like it validates Steve Bannon. He's already been well validated. So, what's the harm? Right. In Randy Weingarten taking a meeting with somebody who has access to the levers of power, and they may have sat down and they might have come away and said, ah, you know what, we really don't have a lot in common. Maybe we can't work together, but maybe they found one issue where they said, yes, this is something, this one issue, big, small, doesn't matter, we can move forward with that. Yeah, and Randy Weingarten, she did say that she's willing to talk to anybody who will listen about public education. And she should. Yeah. And so I, I don't I don't see a problem with it. I just don't see anything productive or useful coming from that meeting because Bannon is out of the the White House and not saying he's not a power player, but he's out. Oh, he's a power player. He is a power player, but he's not in the White House, which is helpful to, you know, humans in general. And I would I would actually posit that it it it's a positive thing, especially for Randy Weingarten, because and I don't know if, if anybody says this, but it it sort of counteracts the argument of, well, she's just in it to perpetuate the status quo. That's a good point. And she's just in it to maintain things for her teachers, and she's only in it for teachers and, you know, not looking at the big picture. And again, I don't know if that's that's a narrative out there. But it says, yeah, she's open and says, you know, okay, it's not perfect. Right. Because you obviously, Bannon and DeVos and Trump 
have vastly different ideas of what the public education system so, should look like. So maybe she's listening to them and said, oh, well, you know, maybe, yeah, I am open to changing this, that, or the other. Well, I, I also don't think that the Trump administration even has any idea of what their idea of, a, of a, an effective public school system would look like anyway, because w- there is no... System. Correct. There's no system. And with Betsy DeVos at the helm, there's not a, a viable voice for public education or public edu- education reform. So therefore, you know, maybe she sees it as her role to say, hey, if there's, there is no voice, there is nothing, there is nothing in the echo chamber, so I'm going to insert myself if I can. Yeah. Before we move on, I, I think also... Um I think this might be a personality thing too. Uh, Randy Weingarten is a very tough-minded, driven leader. She's intense. And I think our president likes that. I think our president gravitates to people that are not afraid to mix it up, are not afraid to roll up their sleeves and punch back. Which is surprising because she is a woman, and he's not a big fan of that. No, but, you know, I think think he likes anyone that punches. Yeah, um, for no reason. Because that's what he does. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So I think there's kind of a they're 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 a bit simpatico in the way they approach things, and and I, I think uh, Randy Weingarten has done that on behalf of teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, she is a very outspoken advocate for her constituents. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think you know the the Bannon's message to a certain part of the population in this country has also kind of elicited that same kind of response sure um so a feeling it, of helplessness <laughs> no. <laughs> no in some ways i'm actually kind of serious no, it's, it's 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 a voice it's it I, a voice. I, I think right. it, i think it's a voice i think you can't downplay the fact that it's a voice i think randy weingarten it, it to a certain degree is a voice for teachers and and what's and and some of the ways the teachers have felt aggrieved over the last uh, decade or two, and I think we see that in the White House with those that feel aggrieved in the country, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. All right. I mean, which is why we have Dear Betsy. <laughs> Dear Betsy. Okay. Dear Betsy. All right. Let's move on. So uh, Lucia Martinez Valdivia wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post that I found to be incredibly compelling um really got me thinking about first amendment issues in schools we don't do a lot on higher ed other than to be uh condescending well no but somewhat critical of about how how higher ed prepares teachers um (laughs) but we don't talk a lot about college campuses and life on college campuses but um miss martinez valdivia is an assistant professor of english and humanities at reed college and recently she wrote this op-ed in the Washington Post, and I'll read you a quote just to kind of set the stage here. A group of students began protesting the required first-year humanities course a year ago. Three times a week, students sat in the lecture space holding signs, many too obscene to be printed here, condemning the course and its faculty as white supremacists, as anti-black, as not open to dialogue, and criticism on the grounds that we continue to teach, among other things, Aristotle and Plato. So she goes on, some colleagues, including people of color, immigrants, and those without tenure, found it impossible to work under these conditions. The wah, wah. It's boring. I don't care. They're whiners. Who's whiner? Who are whiners? She is. She's losing sleep over the fact that she might have to change her teaching approach. 
She might have to actually like okay. cater to no, the students no, of whom she not, teaches. Read the article. That's I did read point. the article. The point is not that. The point is that she is made to feel uncomfortable, and she is made. Sorry, she is made to. For, I mean, they tried to give a lecture and were prevented from taking oh, it. Oh man, that's so hard. Teaching a middle school for a day. Hey, how about this? Teaching w- a middle school. Well, students. Well, I, I chose to go to Reed College, and then I had to. <laughs> I had to learn about Aristotle. Go to a different school. You know what? Shut I disagree up. with that. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. If they want to protest, they can protest. But there, there has to be some sort of dialogue about why they're protesting, and if it's because of the curriculum or the teaching style or whatever. The the, the one thing that we know. Or we can probably all agree <laughs> on. Because they're lecturing. Is they're lecturing. <laughs> but but college professors, by and large, do not want to change their teaching style. Oh, they don't want to change this anything. Whole, this, oh my how much God. has how much, Casey, this how has, much has post-secondary changed? With the painting with the broad brush. You oh. don't know. You haven't oh. been in post-secondary in... in oh, right. How in many six, years? Six months. How many years? At, at, you're you're missing. I'm going to paint with a broad brush. No, no, no. Okay, so forest, how many? Like how, in the, the okay, let's talk about the ESEA Act or the ESSA Act, whatever the one that's most recent. ESSA, 20, ESSA and NCLB and any of the other federal education laws. How much of it has actually in, uh, impacted teaching at the college level? Okay, how much of it? From a scale of you know, well, let's say know. zero to one hundred percent. I don't know. Don't give me that answer. How much do you think was actually actually impacted? How much teaching or what does testing that have to or, do with students protesting on because campus? there's zero accountability or zero kind of accountability that we have at, at secondary levels for okay, that of college. So you're it's just a basically school. a hater, right? No, I'm not a hater. I'm not a hater. You're hating on college Be- teaching. No, I'm not. Oh, you're I'm okay with it. Yeah, you know what? I'm okay with it. Yeah, Sorry. Own it. I'm owning it. You okay. know what? Because there, she's whining. She's a whiner. And you know what? If you have to change your teaching style because of protests, whatever, coming then from, do it. Coming from the guy that couldn't let kids go up the wrong way on the <laughs> stairs. <laughs> I mean. You agreed to that on ILT. They're on not... leadership team, you agreed to it. <laughs> they're, what they're protesting, they're protesting the content of... Of the curriculum, they're protesting. So why can't you just change it around as a about teacher? You have finish. tenure. Can I finish? I'm sorry. They're protesting ancient dead white dudes, and the which lack I agree of, with the lack of inclusion of other voices. Which yes, I agree with you. There's many other voices to be heard. In this particular instance, it's from my understanding the intro humanities level courses. Again, Reed is a private school, right? Reed is a liberal arts college. Yeah. If you think you're going to go to a small liberal arts school and not learn about the quote-unquote classics, right. then you're sorely mistaken. Now, if you still want to go there and you still want to say this is wrong, that's fine. Right. Great. Go for it. But I think the larger point amongst these college campus protests, you know, the things that we saw at Berkeley, the Ann Coulter's, the... Jan, what's his name? <laughs> Penapanopoulos. You should have never gone there. Uh, Penapanopoulos. The guy whose name starts with a Y. <laughs> Yanni. No, Milo. It's Yanni. Yeah, Milo. Oh, Milo, right. Yeah. Um, Milo, whose star has set very suddenly. Very quickly. Anyway, Which is it's, awesome. Yeah. It's more about what and how should people be able to speak. And at some point, I think, you know, what constitutes hate speech? What constitutes, yes, you have a right to your voice, but it doesn't mean the silencing of all other voices. To me, that's the bigger picture. It has nothing to do with teaching styles or anything pedagogical. It's really about what can you do and 
you know, to what extent is it allowed to impact me? So, okay, so, the, so let me. So in the past fifty uh, years, oh, sixty yeah. years, in in Germany, brush. in Germany, they've they've they've. If you deny the Holocaust, it's a crime. It's a and, and most countries in Europe actually have the same laws. It's a crime. So that's free speech, uh, and and they've done just fine with it. You have when after World War Two, they denazified the cities. They took down the propaganda statues, all the other things about Nazi symbols, they, they're denied, that you can't have them. So you're pro-limiting free speech? I am pro, in that sense, it's a hate speech and it impacts others. Okay, well that's my point, but then you were just anti, you said the protesters should be able to do whatever they want. Uh, well, they, they're protesting. What I'm, I was arguing for, Te- teaching, no, I was no arguing for, no sane person thinks teaching Aristotle was, and Plato is hate speech. I was arguing for the fact that college professors in general, they whine about things like that. What they do? Okay, okay. They, they because, had to go there. because, I because God forbid they have to change the way that they teach. You know, because they don't want to listen to my lectures. But this is they don't not, want to listen to my lectures this about, is not about Socrates and Plato. This is not about that. This is not about. That's what it is. That's what he's talking about. No, it's not about how they teach. It's about what they teach. Yeah, Socrates and Plato. So. If you're why why can't you just try to change it up for the for the students that are there? Okay. Why so, is that such a big deal? So let me since I, I got totally interrupted in trying to set the stage on this <laughs> on this discussion because you went wah. I had to. I had to. Okay. I have no sense of self control. So well, well I, I like the kids at Reed College. <laughs> um I I do think though that there's a question to be asked here is let's move beyond whether college professors don't change or whether the kids are being uh, obnoxious and what, what should they do about it? It's a problem. It has to be addressed. This, this professor uh, obviously felt like feels like her job is being impacted, her ability to impart knowledge to the kids. That's what she gets paid to do. It is a private college. There is an agreement about what is going to be taught and um, they are at an impasse. So what should happen? I, 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 I want to take a step back because I, I'm not, I'm take not a step forward. No, I'm just not. I'm not saying that their the students' behavior is completely acceptable. The students' behavior is reprehensible. It is. I if if they have the what I'm saying is that they There's have a right rules, to protest. Man. They have the right to protest. Of course. Okay. And if they feel that that particular type of teaching or the curriculum or and, the content is not fitting their styles or what they want for all the money that they're paying, then they have the right to do that. Now, protesting is one thing. If it's like over weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, that becomes a problem. Uh, there, it's been over is... a year. Well, so then what is the university doing to try to step in to make it I happen? I don't know. Did you read the article? No, because I don't read the articles you sent me because you don't read the articles I sent you. <laughs> uh, they They had a panel where they met with the kids and they tried to unpack the curriculum for them and and make it very transparent of what they're going to teach why they're going to teach it so they justified it no they they opened it up as a forum to to share and then to entertain questions about it and it apparently devolved into kind of a lowest common denominator uh nasty so who is the college serving the college is serving kids, and I would argue that you know, I, as as I've said to you guys before, I don't espouse Reed College responding with extreme measures. The kids, in my mind, are acting in extreme ways. I don't think it benefits anybody for the college to respond extremely. However, I will say 
They do pay tuition. Reed College, I would think, reserves the rights to say, go away. We don't want you they here. They can. Then do it. Right. No, I'm saying I would not. Uh, there's a part of me that as that I'd like to, <laughs> I'd like to, you know, drop the hammer on them. Then do it. They should do it. Kick I, them out. I'm but trying. Then they wouldn't get the money. I'm trying to say, uh, uh, what what kinds of processes can the student body and the professors use to find some common ground? It's about yeah, consensus. Here. I agree. In the, okay. In the other larger point, so it maybe this is lost among. And look, I'm no professional protest or whatever that means but there are rules to protesting you want to have a protest down in the mall guess what you need a permit a permit you need a permit to protest yeah. right so it's not just it's not just about spontaneous acts of defiance right. and being loud you know yes you are making a show to bring attention to your cause but to your point robbie yeah it's it's not just to break stuff so again if you want that Okay, well, then what steps do you want the university to take? Think about Occupy Wall Street, right? Right. What a great movement. Yeah. What did they want? Anybody know? No. No, we don't know. What How long mean. did they sit out in cities for? They, they camped out. And what did they get? They were uh, nothing. nothing. They got nothing. Right. They were cold. They were yeah. cold and got nothing. Yeah. So you want to protest, great, but you better be protesting for something, and you better be working through the mechanisms that are there to get what you want. And shouting down people and not letting them enter classrooms or have microphones to have discussions, that's not going to get and you. And that's what they're doing right now. And that's why this that's teacher. The, it's the same side of the coin, extreme yeah. right, extreme yeah. left. I'm not, and I don't want to usually go there, but it's just like, come on, man. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And as my, my dear old dad would say, <laughs> I got to do a dear old dad father. reference. Hello, father. My dear old dad. He's 90 years old, and he always says to me, if you had walked in the University of Maryland in 1960 and then walked back in in 1970, the college presidents laid down to the students and were never able to get control of their campuses back. Um, now, that's a 90-year-old talking. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think, you know, there's some – and there was a lot of great civil rights kinds of thinking and movement that came out of those protests – on college campuses, but I do think there there has to there have to be boundaries. Right. Healthy boundaries are good for everybody, right? Yeah. We, t- we we have to set those in the classroom for kids. So anyway, this is a great discussion. Um, I'm so feisty! I wasn't expecting that. Nah. That was going to be a little benign. But. <laughs> we do know one thing that comes out of this discussion. Oh, please, please tell me, Mr. Siddons will never be employed in higher ed. <laughs> No, because my instruction would just be he's, too, he, too Oh, it's too amazing. Yeah. Because they don't know what they're doing. He's That's on correct. a tenure track right That's now. That's correct, yep. yep. <laughs> Can you say the word adjunct? That'll be forever. Life. Anyway, all right, folks. Uh, when we come back, we are going to get into our interview with the one and only Troy Body, Director of Equity Initiatives in the Montgomery County Public Schools. Don't go away. We are incredibly lucky to welcome on to Ed's Not Dead, Mr. Troy Body. Guys, you know Troy, right? Yeah. Okay. Troy is currently the Director of Equity Initiatives in the Montgomery County Public Schools in Maryland. Troy began his career as a reading teacher, staff development teacher, and assistant principal. And he was also an elementary school principal prior to his current role as director. 
Uh, his, the, the purpose of his job is to support and collaborate with schools to address equity and cultural competence in the 17th largest school district in the United States. Uh, Troy leads a team that helps schools and offices address structural barriers that enable the racial achievement gap to persist. So once again, we are psyched to have Troy on the show. Troy, Mr. Siddons is going to kick us off with the first question. Go ahead, Casey. In your position, you probably go in and out of schools all the time. What are what are three what are three or so look fors that you initially key in on when you walk into a school that says that this school has uh, basically high expectations for all kids? So I look for a school who looks who talks about kids. Um, kids' potential as opposed to deficits and what all the things they don't have that the school expects them to have. And, and, the, and the truth is all kids bring background knowledge and, and um, their identities to school. It's just that we're not organized necessarily to appreciate Amen. what everybody brings. Yeah. And then the other thing is they hold not only the kids to high expectations, but the staff holds themselves to high expectations, you know, but the really skillful teacher are those teachers who state, I have high expectations. I'm going to show you how to get there. It's funny. You brought up a couple points that I just want to kind of highlight. So about kids having um, the potential and talking about the potential that kids have and not the deficit. So a couple of weeks ago, we spoke with Curtis Linton and that was definitely right. one of the points that he brought up and really hammered home for me at least was, um, equity is inherently positive and it's not a it's not a deficit thinking it's not a negative way of thinking of what kids don't have it's all about what they do have um, so on that sort of same tip and I want you to kind of zoom out here so right. Curtis Linton also talked about and this is was his own just personal experience and he called it his his identity crisis I believe or his crisis of faith perhaps right was that he's seen a lot of individual schools, um, do the work in terms of not just the equity work, but in, in achieving equitable outcomes. And he was right. able to point out to some small, some small school systems, you know, they, that are like your one high school type feeder systems um, that are also doing great work with equitable outcomes. But he's having trouble finding large school systems um, where they can and they have created the equitable outcomes. And not that they're not doing the work, not that they're not trying. Right. Um, but right. just the end result and the outcomes have, have not gotten there yet. So amongst all that rambling, um, <laughs> here's the question. So I'm still following you, though. Uh, hey, you said a huh. So I was like, yeah, he's with me. <laughs> so how does an entire um, system of schools move their practice toward more equitable outcomes? So how do you go from this is the idea, this is the work to, to the end result that we're all all striving for? Part of this way, I was explaining to my staff the other week. So a lot of times we talk about having the end in mind. And, and we create these learning progressions that, that kind of represent a straight line. And so we, if we do this and then we do this and then we do this, we'll get to whatever the end in mind was. In this case, you know, equitable outcomes for kids. Mm-hmm. But equity doesn't work like that. So everybody starts at a different place. So if we break it down to, um, I like to break the work down on a couple different levels. So you got your personal work. 
So what are the opportunities that, you know, system is creating for people to develop their equity literacy, to become aware or, or to become woke? You know, some schools are still talking about multiculturalism, which is like, so 1970s. Hey, Mr. Body, you and I, you and I taught in multicultural schools. That was our thing, right? In the 90s? Exactly. Exactly. You know? <laughs> All right. And hold so, on. Let me, know, let me, let me take you off on a tangent because you, you brought up something yeah. and I know you, and I apologize, but all right. So wow. that's, that's part of the deal that, that I feel like I run into. And, and I might've asked this to Curtis Linton too. I don't know, but so doing the deep work and the deep reflections Versus the lip service of what you think I want to hear, like you know, how right. do you how do you tell the difference? There's this concept of discourse one and discourse two. Mm. So in discourse one, we maintain the status quo. We complain about time. We blame other people for whatever the problem is. Um, you know, we come up with a really technical and quick solution. Mm. What equity requires us to do is um, to to bring in multiple perspectives. Because there are a lot of perspectives that, you know, when we design and develop schools and organize schools and think about that are missing from the table. What do we need to create to fill this space that will create better outcomes for kids and their families? What is it that we're missing? So being self-reflective. So part of it is asking the right questions. Again, is this work is about student outcomes right. and their well-being. Yep. And so... Again, we're not doing this just just to feel good. And, 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 you know, we have a lot of equity warriors who are, you know, down for the cause. But then the teacher next door is not on board. So it's not only us growing as, as, as you know, individuals, but then we got to take what we know. What we know is the right work to do, the work that's going to really make a difference. And we got to do it together. All right, so that um, that leads us to our next question, and this is our last big question, Troy. Before we before we hit you with the rapid fire round <laughs> and put you on the hot seat, so I know that you probably get requests to work with schools, and I'm going to give you a scenario here: a school with uh, a, a population of kids of color that are the minority in the school. Um, and an overall, let's say, high SES population, um, and a staff that largely reflects the dominant culture. So you get a call from a principal who needs to know where they begin with equity work, especially when he or she knows that many teachers on the staff are going to do what I call identify out or will, or will be largely passive in the process how do you, what do you say to that principle about where to begin? The first thing I want you to do is I want you to think about what would it look like in your school when you have achieved equitable outcomes for kids. Mm-hmm. And then I want you to walk back. So what is it, what's that work that needs to be done? Mm-hmm. And so it's that vision. It's putting processes in place to help people move toward that goal you're trying to um, achieve. And you need to be clear about what you're trying to achieve. Um, and you can't do everything at once because that's the other thing people want to do. They just want to do it all at once. It's not going to happen that way. But being really strategic um, about where you enter and how you push. And eventually those beliefs will fall into place. Thank so, thank you. Okay, rapid fire round. Are you starting us off, Casey? 
Uh, I am. Okay. All right, Troy, you ready? So, just, just to clarify, yep. we have not shown. I don't think we sent these to Troy. We did right? not. We did not. All, All right. right. So we're gonna we put some ridiculous statements out there as fact, uh-huh. and then you're gonna have like twenty to thirty should, seconds should, to refute them immediately. Should like on the on the late night talk show, should we give Troy one pass where he <laughs> where he gets to say I I don't want to answer that one? You could get you can have one pass. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You got so here, one. You got so one we, pass. We we came up with this. We we like to be contrarian. We like to come, have arguments with each other and challenge each other. So these are statements that either we've heard or or something similar to what we've heard in schools. And yeah. if you when you respond, sometimes it's good to respond with a question. Some you know when you ask people, right. what, you know, where are you coming from with that? So maybe if you right. if you've heard it before, you come up with a question or something you'd say as as quickly as you can. So the first, right. are you ready for the first one? Let's do it. Okay, just just again, this is not <laughs> what we are saying. This is not what we yeah, believe. Yeah, just for the record, uh, we, don't, record. we don't believe any of for these the things. listeners too. Okay, all right. uh, first one: when you don't allow kids to fail. You don't teach them responsibility. <laughs> or the only way to teach kids responsibility is to let them fail, I guess would be the uh, other way. Yeah, yeah, you reversed it. Okay. okay, yeah, that's better. That's better. I just think about that as the first way you phrase it. Part of being responsible, you know, is making mistakes and figuring out how to grow from that. So, so I want you to just think about something that, you know, that, was, that you learned how to do. Um, that was difficult for you. Were you allowed to fail? You know, when was the first time you, you know, recognized, you know, that you didn't do something well? And how did you deal with that? I like that. Oh, that's good. Troy, we are raising a generation of students who don't know how to work hard because they are allowed to make up work until they get it right. <laughs> so, and your role as an educator, yeah, whose responsibility <laughs> is it? to make sure that kids get it because I, I'm not, you know, I'm just wondering, you know, that out, you know, we want uh, as a teacher, most teachers take pride in, in, in making sure, you know, and, and reflecting on how their kids have grown by the end of the year. So don't you want your kids to demonstrate that they understood all that, you know, effort you put into teaching this lesson or this concept um, don't you want them to leave understanding it? That was skillful, Troy. Awesome. I, I okay. so I, I, it was so good. We have one more. <laughs> I, I actually wanted to, pu- okay. I'm pushing to have one more. So okay. here, here we go. So Troy, you know, I, I'm colorblind. I treat all my students the same, regardless of their race. I don't care what color mm-hmm. they are. If they're, mm-hmm. if they're green, brown, yellow, blue, it doesn't matter to me. Okay. So a couple things. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Do you see, the difference between gender in your classroom. Ooh, okay, that's a tough one. All right, go ahead. Do you <laughs> see me? It's standing in front of you. I'm obviously, a, if I were standing in front of you, you obviously <laughs> see that I'm a black man. So for you not to see that takes out part of who I am. It strips me of my identity. I'm not just some blank slate. This black skin that I'm in has, you know, meaning for me. And there's a story behind this and and experiences that I've had because of the skin I'm in that you might learn from. Powerful. Yeah. All right, right, Troy. um, Before we sign off, I I, I just want to ask you, for our listeners, if you you had to recommend – 
um, anything for them to watch or read that has moved you in any way recently or over the last couple of years? What what would you what would you suggest for our listeners that they should they should check into? Uh, Thirteen on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so when we think about again that whole idea of opportunity and access, and really how the system sometimes is set up against some of us okay. and work for us. Um, Harvest of Empire is this great movie um, that really talks about the Latino experience in the United States. It's really powerful, you know, with all the talk about DACA and immigration. You know, most of the story, most of the first time I saw it, I was just angry because no one ever taught me any of this. Okay, that's great. All right. All right, Troy. Well, on behalf of Peter and Casey, right, boys? Thank you. Thanks. Um, this has been amazing. We're, we're really appreciative that you agreed to come on to Ed's Not Dead as a guest. And we, uh, we're going to get you back on the show in the future, okay? Absolutely. I'm here. Uh, all right. Thanks, Thanks Troy. Troy. Have Thank a good you. one. All right. Thank you, guys. Take care. That was a really uh, that was a really awesome interview. That, I, I'm so glad he was he was able to join us. That was an awesome interview. Um, so one of the things that really jumped out at me that I had never thought of before is hit the concept of equity uh, or fostering equity, developing equity in schools as a nonlinear process. Yeah. That um, that the journey is going to fits and starts, yeah, and that it's going to that you're going to you're going to hop all over the place. It's not going to go from point A to point Z, and that you know naturally, I think that says to me that at times you're probably going to get lost in the process, and that it's it's you know you're going to have to find your your bearings at times as a staff, as a leader of equity in a school. Um, so that really that really hit home to me. I and I, I also pre, I appreciate it, and I want to know more about how do you go on the the journey, if you will, of equity. If you're if you're feeling alone, I guess when when you talked about being a te- if you're a teacher, as an excellent teacher, and you're you have those equitable outcomes in your class, and you have a safe space for kids to learn, but yet you you may be surrounded by teachers, or maybe just one teacher next door to you who who is actively creates a toxic environment or or maybe just a mediocre environment I, I that troubles me because i think that it's something that we don't focus on enough All right. whose responsibility is that i i think it's on i think it's on the teachers are you your brother's keeper well no, i think we need to stand up and and call out people when we feel like things are not in the right yeah. and and teachers you, you can't just go and tell your administrator that something's going wrong Teachers need to call out other teachers, whether it's with gender stuff or equity issues in the school. It needs to be called out by their peers, right? And it's not just calling out; it's modeling for them. It's, it's trying, modeling. It's yeah. trying to support them. It's not the blame game, but yeah, but, but trying but if, to show them other right. ways to do things. But if you're in the teacher's lounge and things are being said that right. are, are clearly inappropriate, right. it needs to be called out. It's not an easy thing to do. You tell them to shut up and embarrass them publicly, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm just you kidding. shame them in front of all their friends. <laughs> exactly. I know. I'm just kidding. Shame is powerful. <laughs> What'd you get, Mr. Krabs? Um, the the bit he talked about um, staff holding themselves to high expectations. Um, so it's not just saying, oh, I have high expectations for myself the and buzzwords. for my kids. And, yeah. uh, so, but that you show kids how to get there, yeah. too. Um, 
and you know the high expectations isn't well i taught it nice <laughs> job well done you know that when they don't get it that you you show them in in i mean it sounds stupid but you teach them yeah. um and that they're learning it or not learning that yeah there's a million other factors involved you know it's a human game but it's still your job to hold yourself to that standard mm-hmm. of i'm going to i'm going to keep at it until until they get it i'm going to try this i'm going to try that you know and really be persistent about um about working with kids until until they get it whatever that it is you know what else anything else I mean, it was an amazing interview. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed talking to him. It's, we, it's good stuff. We could have talked to him all night. All right, well, we're going to get Troy, Mr. Body, back on the show uh, as we continue our equity series in the future. Once again, thanks to Troy Body for joining Ed's Not Dead. New segment, Mr. Siddons, Education in the News. It was going over Betsy DeVos stuff is just depressing to some extent. And uh, we had a great discussion last time, and we gave her enough props, I think. So what that was exhausting. Special, it was exhausting pulling that out. What, the special ed changes? Yeah. Just giving her credit, I think, was just <laughs> exhausting. Did you see she was dressed up as – who was she dressed up for Halloween? The uh, teacher from – The Magic School Bus. Yeah. And so the, the outcry on Twitter was hysterical because uh, the the people that – trashed her on twitter about the fact that you know um the magic school bus she's a science teacher so obviously she believes in science and believes in public education because that's where the 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 show was actually based bunch of babies a bunch of babies (laughs) (laughs) it was it was embarrassing the outcry was just very very funny okay first uh i'm gonna bring up a couple articles and the first one is um, Oklahoma lawmakers continue special session over budget crisis. Heard this on NPR today. And uh, at this point, Oklahoma public schools are at four days per week. They go to school four days per week, which we've talked about before. And one state representative called public employees, uh, as I do with a broad brush. Um, I do not call them this, but I use broad brushes. He said uh, he called them terrorists. You use Rollers. <laughs> rollers. <laughs> No, he called them terrorists for actually advocating for a pay raise. It wasn't teachers he was calling out, but just public employees. What's he, a buddy of Scott Walker? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what do you think? Well, you reap what you sow. Look what happened to all those taxes. And you want to live in a conservative utopia that doesn't tax anybody for anything and then not have a budget that actually, uh, you know, spends money on public education? Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? This is where you end up with. That's right. So... States' rights, man. Go ahead. They Have cut. Fun. They cut taxes, and they they wanted to cut taxes specifically on oil and and fossil fuel companies. And uh, now the 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 governor is is changing course apparently, and she's asking for new taxes to be brought in. But that requires a state constitutional change, which requires the support of the small amount of Democrats in the state legislature, yeah. and they are not allowing it until they get their education changes, <laughs> which I think is ironic. Is that irony? It's no. Something. No, it's not irony? No, it's just sad. Yeah. Hashtag just, sad. Yeah, it's just pathetic. That's sad. Anyway, next one. Do you have anything to say about that last one? <laughs> Robbie, sorry. <laughs> no. All right, next one. <laughs> the, the, the GOP budget bill came out this week. I don't know if you saw it. It's very, you know, it's going to be so good because taxes are going to be cut for, you know, 
rich people. Um, but in the new tax, okay. in the new GOP bill, broad brush, broad brush. No, it's true. And this is actually three weeks ago. <laughs> no, that they just released them today. Right, but we're releasing this in three weeks. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. We are releasing. So you're going to cut all that out? Yeah. No, you don't have to. That's okay. Okay, finish. Anyway, it was released three weeks ago. Um, they would potentially lose. Teachers would lose the $250 tax credit deduction that they receive in their taxes every year. Wah. I know. It's kind of a bummer. Wah. I don't even know how taxes really work. Cry, so to, I, 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 I credit it on my as taxes. A, as, an, as an educator, I'm much more worried about the interest deduction on my on my home. Yes. That that that, wor- that worries me a lot. That would be a problem. After the earlier segment in Casey calling the professors um, babies on campus, I'm just going to call everybody in, the, in this segment, I'm just going to call them all babies. All right, yeah, well, we might as well. I, I guess it's just yeah. it's just icing on the cake. It's just another thing, another thing to to, to take away from teachers. Wah. Wah. All right. This is good. This is a good discussion. I'm glad that we're doing this 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 section. This is good. All right. Um how about uh, how about uh, not... come on get the DUI one. All right, right. I like the so, DUI. How about uh, so I wanted to put this one in here. Sarah, will, my wife Sarah, will be very excited that I that I highlighted West Virginia University. Um, following DUI arrest, Clemens, his last name is Clemens, is to return as WVU's Mountaineer mascot. Apparently, he was disbarred from being the the infamous Mountaineer. If you don't know, the mascot for the WVU Mountaineers is. A mountaineer, and he dresses like a raccoon. Well, I'm pretty sure all you need to get that job is like a sick beard. You just need an awesome beard. He needs to stay away from Sunnyside down there in Morgantown. He's from the hill. Is from it the, the hill? hill. The hill. Well, I'm sure he will definitely avoid any kind of indicate any kind of like uh, connection. With I made a few alcohol related. I made activities. a few road trips to WVU in my day. I've heard of those yeah. stories. Yep, those were those were fun. Yeah. I made a trip in. I think it was college. Yeah, it must have been college. I literally drove there to get this dude's drum set and then drove back. I'm like, what? That is ridiculous. It's a nice, How old are you? It's a nice drive. Right, 18, 19. Did you drive 81 for like six days? No. no it was like two and a half hours. Oh, yeah. no, 68. Oh. Right? Oh, from here. I thought yeah, you meant from, from Tulane. <laughs> no, no, I was like, no, no, wait. No, no. Yeah, it was like. It seems like a long drive for from a drum Louisiana. Set. Oh, Louisiana. Summer, winter. I don't know. Yeah, something. Man. All right, what else you got, Mr. Six? Last one. Um, not as funny, but the teacher was uh, uh, a police say students found teacher passed out in the classroom from drinking. Oh, that's Ooh. unfortunate. He, what, was, a, he what, was a substitute. What, what state? What school level? Virginia secondary school. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. What time of day? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't during know. During the school day? It was during the school day. Yeah. yeah and he was inebriated. Yes. Okay. That's a bummer. It's pretty There's, much not what you want in a substitute. No, teacher. you don't want them. Can you Drunk say? And passed can out? you say adverse personnel action? That, <laughs> I don't think he's going to be substituting there anymore. No. But I can't yeah. care. You know. Yeah. But I think the I rest judge? of his career path is looking really good. Probably. Yeah. Well, yeah. In other other areas of mm, lost, careers, lost a good one. Lost a good one. <laughs> anyway. Well, I'm glad you guys really were engaged in that actual segment. <laughs> we that were. Was really it was good. great. No, it was so good. I, I thought it was, it was terrific. So, so good. Cheeky comments. That's news. what we were supposed to that say, was, right? It was, it was education in the news, hot, yeah. hot takes. It served its purpose. No, no. It was not it hot takes. It was not takes. hot takes. Okay. Don't confuse segments. That's right. That's People right. are going to get very confused. You're we just, can't let them get cornfused. You're just sensitive because you came up with the hot takes. Hot takes. Hot takes was awesome. But I did get some feedback about hot takes. All right, boys. Let's look ahead. Hold Episode. on. Hold on. Was the what? feedback good or the bad? The feedback... So I got... I got good feedback from 
a teacher about hot takes. Yeah. They said they loved it. Yeah. And yeah. then for my wife, Sarah, she said that she did not like the hot takes. Oh, jeez. But she loved the interview with uh, TJ and Joseph Jones. Nice. Really? The teacher, nice. conversely, did not was not as enamored with it. <laughs> okay. Because so. he's not involved in the hiring process as much, but... Anyway, it was interesting. All right. We welcome all forms of yeah, feedback. We do. So, yeah. 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 so please give us feedback. We will read your feedback if you have a five-star rating yeah. or a one-star rating. Yeah. Nothing in between. As we did, uh, Mr. Jones and Correct. Ms. Jimenez and uh, Mr. Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Patterson. <laughs> when are we going to crank call Mr. Patterson on the show? I tried earlier, but it didn't work. Okay. All right. Well, we still have to get the infamous Mr. Patterson on Ed's Not Dead. Yes. All right. Let's look ahead to... Episode nine, oh, man, that's... Mr. Siddons, you wanna you wanna spill the beans on the big big guest in episode nine? Do you all know who it's gonna be? I do not. Zaretta Hammond. Woo-hoo! Yeah, yes, the Zaretta Hammond. Correct. Yes. Yep. For those that don't know, uh, world-renowned equity warrior, Correct. author, yep, um, staff developer, yep, former English teacher, former English teacher, mm-hmm. yep. Yep. And she's the author of Culturally Responsive Teaching and the Brain. It's a great book. Definitely recommend picking it up, especially if you um, want to be totally involved in the show. And that continues our equity series. We've had uh, Mr. Curtis Linton, Mr. Troy Body, and now in a couple weeks we will have Miss Aretta Hammond. So this is really exciting. Our equity series, we've gotten a lot of good feedback on our focus on equity on Ed's Not Dead. Absolutely. All right. Remaining thoughts. What are you guys doing this weekend? It's, I'm teaching my kids how to swim, swim wow. lessons. By I, I mean I take them somewhere and somebody else teaches them how to swim. And you watch. I sit there and literally stay dry. <laughs> so That's a great way to do it. It's incredible. Man. Are yeah. either of them going to sit on the edge of the pool and cry? Uh, last, you know. last week, yeah, August wouldn't get in and then sat on and then, you know, like tried to drown himself. And she <laughs> was... But Jeez. Owen did amazing. Nice. Yeah, he's yeah. he's going to be swimming in like three months. It's, it's awesome. Not really. That's great. Yeah. That's why you have two. Right. So they can be different. That's right. right. Um, so as a millennial, your weekend is going to be filled with beer garden visits and... The Deutschland. Human-sized Jenga. That's right. That's right. No, I'm actually I'm teaching a class of teacher aides tomorrow, paraeducators. Really? Uh-huh. From eight to four, nine to four. And then I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but were you a paraeducator? I was not. No, I was and not. You're, and you're going to teach them how to be a paraeducator? No, no, no. It's it's hey, called were, the career Robert, ladder course. Were you a paraeducator? Oh yeah, I was. Yeah. I was a paraeducator. Oh, oh man, that's so cute. And it's we're cute. not and we're not working with if, paraeducators. Hey, if, you guest, if you need a guest speaker, yeah, yeah, come call on Rob, in. Call Rob, I'd love to have you guys. Get us in. No, okay. No, so, so what are you I, doing? It's called the career ladder course. It's for for paraeducators who have a desire at some point to become. Um, teachers very good and yeah. so my message actually to them is that right now they are co-teachers because they are by the definition of a teacher they are, they are co-teachers and i think uh they're essential and sometimes they're forgotten unfortunately but your, your message should be listen to the show no, they, I, they I already plugged everything it. they plugged need it. to know i plugged it, about it. I plugged it. and Action. then and then i'm going to a storyteller <laughs> a storyteller <laughs> i am really i am mr mr crable did you check out that link on that ted talk i sent you about lecture <laughs> okay, we got. I got to send that to Mr. Yeah. Sims. Is it really? I didn't get that. It's really compelling. I'll send it to you. Was I not on that message? No, I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> Are you keeping me off messages? Uh, there's a, that it goes is a little lame. Around. A little lame. <laughs> I want to be part of the debate. All right. Even though you're losing the debate, so that's your weekend. Correct. Okay. Um, what are you doing? 
You fishing? So, no, I'm not fishing. We are almost officially a month away from December 7th, which will be the big... 1941, Dr. Dodd. How do you guys... How do you guys feel about having to refer to me as Dr. Dodd on the show? Well, basically, never happened. I don't think no. I'm going to do that. I just, <laughs> I just, no, I probably will. Congrats on the hard work. I, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Thank you. I really hope that none of my committee members are listening right now <laughs> so they don't know that I assume that I'm going to be able to defend my dissertation adequately. We so. can also uh, release it on December 8th. Let's do a little Ed's Not Dead party for if I do pass. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well... Folks, thanks for tuning in to Ed's Not Dead. We love having you listen to the show. As always, you can reach me at RW Dad, Mr. Krabs. Peter Krabel. At CH Siddons and at Ed's Not Dead PC. And check us out on the Facebook. The Facebook mm-hmm. and our email address, Mr. Sids. At, oh, sorry, Ed's Not Dead PC at gmail.com. Okay. Good. Thanks to our guest, Mr. Troy Body. It was great to have Troy on the show. Make sure you join us for episode nine. And as always, please, please, please spread the word about Ed's Not Dead. We appreciate you tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks.